Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the official podcast of 614 Ministries uh, called Rescuing Churches. And we love getting to meet uh, our church leaders and fellow pastors, lay leaders, and help you through the challenges of being in ministry today. We believe it's one of the most rewarding and also one of the hardest things you could possibly ever do. And if God's called you to it, uh, He's going to help you through it, and we want to be a part of that. And my name's Stan Gibbons. I'm the official executive director, which sounds really important, but it's not, of 614 Ministries. I'm also a pastor and have been for over 40 years. And I'm joined by my favorite firstborn son, uh, Joshua, who is our communications director. He does any and all things communication for 614. And I'm always glad to have him by my side. He actually usually does this part but since I'm fixing to interview him about one of his um, blogs, did I get that right? It's yeah, you got that right. It's a blog. Yeah. I, I, I've just been waiting. I, I've just been waiting for you to get through your little spiel, and you know, I'm just I'm just hanging out over here, like man. I normally do. Just sit here and wait for you to get I'm through just your hanging spiel. Hanging out over here, man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Enjoying it. So, but we're we are excited again. 2023 is going to be a great year for the local church. I believe God's doing some incredible work. I think He's purified and refined the church in the last couple of years, and we're going to see some real healthy churches uh, come back to life and come online. If your church is struggling, we want to be part of that. Today, Josh's uh, blog is going to be part of helping, not contributing to the struggle. <laughs> correct. That's why you're my social media guy. So right. you help correct my mistakes. It's fantastic. Language and spelling and all of the above. Every bit of that. So good copywriter if anybody needs a copywriter. Thank God for that. So but we're going to talk about five practical ways, innovative and practical ways, you can encourage your social media audience, which as a church I have learned in your small church world especially, this is actually a ministry of the church. Um, you don't need to look at it as some little sidebar, some little advertising thing off to the side. Um, but Josh has written down some really great ways to help us uh, encourage the people who are on social media and engage. I know he talks a lot about engaging, and you'll hear that today. Um, I'm excited because he says we can also get Grandma's crock pot back from 1963. She's left it in the building, and we can use Facebook to uh, put up a... Actually, he said you... Sh- lost and found. Actually, he said you shouldn't do oh, that. Oh, <laughs> oh. All right, so all you churches that are posting Grandma's Crock-Pot picture. Please. And, you know, she lost in 1963 church homecoming. Um, please come get because, this. Because so many churches, it, they, they've turned their social media into the lost and found bin of the Internet. Right. And it's just right. It, nothing but 
I know there's about 50 items laying around in my office that I could put it put put a post on. If we ever decide to do that, I'm we're in. Not, we're not doing it. Okay. I'm in charge. Um, <laughs> and then you also mentioned that that uh, there's a megaphone approach to social media in your introduction here. Uh, what do you mean by the megaphone approach to social media? Uh, well, that's that's what we were referring to just a second ago. So that's your that's your informational. Um, you know, we're just going to make a bunch of announcements. We're only going to post our events. We're only going to post all of the the hard data information about our church and what's actually happening at our church. And that's all we're ever going to post. Right. And after a while, that tends to not only be a little boring, but it's not, it doesn't reflect the ministry opportunity that you have with social media. And as you've explained to me numerous times, social media was created for engagement, interaction. Um, yeah, exactly. Digital interaction with yep. others and social aspect of it. Um, I know that's weird for my generation to think of it that way, but it really was created for that. And I believe Josh and his friends that do a bunch of this very well um, have learned some of the key ways to make that a, re- a good reality for the local church. And so we're going to just dive in at some of these creative and practical ways. Um, the church is on social media, so we might as well figure out how to use it well and do a good job with it. Um, I love the question you asked in the introduction, what would Jesus do <laughs> um, if he was on social media? So um, here, here's some good ideas. Number one, you say we should design and post encouraging scripture images. Love that when we do that at our church, by the way. Yeah, this is... Um... This is something I, I like to try to do pretty regularly. And if you're, I was actually meeting with a pastor this morning, and this is one of the things that we talked about. Um, and it's really easy for uh, some of the the pastors and church leaders who don't have a lot of time on their hands, but are running their social media to do this because there's a really great thing out there now that most of our listeners probably are aware of called the YouVersion Bible app. Mm -hmm. And the YouVersion Bible app is full of tons of free graphics that are made by other graphic artists. Um, Like Craig Groeschel and his great church for putting that all together. Right. And I can drop the links uh, to a lot of these great resources into the show notes for you. Life Church is another really great place to pull some of this from. Yeah, Life Life Church has a lot of stuff on the YouVersion Bible app. And their graphics team is phenomenal. Um, So a a lot of times you can pull from there, add your church logo to the bottom of the graphic and make a post really easy um, in something like Canva um, or numerous other programs. Now, can I just say as an old person, I've actually done that and it's not that hard. I actually made a post a few years ago when our grandson was born. Uh, of our grandson, I think he was probably about a eight, maybe eighteen months. No, probably a year old, maybe a little, a little more. Um, got a great picture of him from our son and daughter-in-law, and uh, and I put a verse. He's sitting up, and there's there's blank space next to him, so I just put a verse um, about the blessing of children to the left of that and posted it, and it was actually. You know, U version. I did it on U version. You can actually U version. You'll get your own pictures. Yeah, you can use. You take your own. a great sunset picture, a great picture of your dog, a great exactly. picture of a tree or whatever. You can add that. So it's not that hard. It's a really good idea. Exactly, and, and it's encouraging, which is what our point is. And that kind of stuff, it 
it gets shared a lot, which is what you're actually, which is what you're aiming for. And it's really reflective of part of the reason it gets shared is because it's encouraging and it's the word of God, obviously, and people are going to be sharing it for that reason. But the other reason is because a lot of those graphics in the version app are so well designed and they're eye catching, they're appealing. And so that's a big part of what goes into all of that. And I would say that if you're designing your own graphics, use a program like Canva, you, you know, use some of the websites that we've talked about before, unsplash.com and go get some of those really good images and, um, and you can make your own and Canva will set you up with a template that's automatic for social media sizes and resolutions, drop your stuff in, drop your text in. Like I said, I showed it to a pastor this morning, and he was amazed at how easy it actually was. Yeah, and just to be clear, he's a younger pastor, but he's not real tech savvy. No. So you were able to give him some really good coaching, something we like to do at 614. Guys, if you need some coaching, don't be afraid to reach out to us, and we'll work you into the schedule. Yeah, he was he was very, very happy with how all of that worked out. Josh does a really good job of helping everybody get to where they need to be in that world. So the second thing you mentioned, and it's one of our my favorites as well, um, didn't ever realize we could do it on social media as effectively as we has, but, um, and we've mentioned this on numerous other podcasts, but I think it's important that it's here because we're trying to encourage people with social media. And that is to post elevator testimonies, uh, photos and or videos. And I love this very much. Yeah. I, I say, and refer to them as elevator testimonies because that's what we do at our church here at Northside. Sort of in the DNA of our training it's, and discipleship yeah, mode. It's kind of a thing here with us. Now, you, your church may have a different form of testimony. You, you may format your stuff a little bit differently, and that's okay. We want you to do, I want you to do what's encouraging for your people. Your people are going to respond to things a little bit different. Every church has a little bit different, you know, mm-hmm. this, this stuff is very, you know, maneuverable. So um, specifically for us, our people respond well to um, elevator testimonies in the middle of a service. And that's when somebody stands up and says, my name is so-and-so before I met Jesus, this, I was these two or three adjectives. And then I met Jesus and they have one sentence about how they came to Christ. And then now I am, and it's two or three adjectives that reflect how their life is after Christ. And those have been very, very moving, encouraging and powerful in our services in person face-to-face. And after witnessing several of those, what I started to do was realize I could just take my really nice iPhone, get some great shots of some of these people or people that we haven't done elevator testimonies with yet, which is what I started to do, ask them for their elevator testimony, type it out since they're so short, type it out into my phone. And when I get home that night, post the picture, post the text, and watch and see what happens. Sure. And the first one that got that hit had over 20 comments like by the time the night was over because people were going crazy. Mm-hmm. They were sharing it, they were liking it, they were reacting to it. It's just a really really good way for people to visually see what's happening at your church and the ministry that's happening at your church. And it's encouraging because it's not just a graphic that's encouraging. It's a real person. Yeah. And by the way, any member of your church, even if your church is a lot of elderly people, 
they should have some testimony that can be shared in a minute and a half, two minute, 30 second um, phrase. You know, you have to work with some of them. I've had to work with some of our elderly people to help them get this. But if you work with them long enough, they can encapsulate how good God's been to them, though they were far from God, and how they came to Christ. And once you do that, before Christ, how I met Christ, and now I am, once you do that, what we call elevator testimony, and I'll just, I don't want to lose the opportunity to give credit to, I think I learned that title at a conference in 1998 or nine at Willow Creek Community Church way back in the day when they were booming. And, uh, and I think we've encapsulated and captured that, and I've used it in a discipleship model ever since because it helps a person be able to tell their own story very quickly. Um, and it's just easier to witness to people when you can tell your story in 30 seconds. So um, our people have done it for years here. It's very valuable. But to your point, Josh, it does encourage people to see that. And, of course, the visual of a, of a good picture of the person. Um, I love our church family when you do it because our people are always beaming. They're smiling. Usually you take the picture in our sanctuary or somewhere in our building. You recognize the the stuff in our building. So it just makes everybody feel like it's it's part of your family and your home. And it's got a very good feel to it. Yeah, and two things about the picture that's great is you got a lot of people leaving the comments going, Hey, I know that guy or I know that girl. <laughs> That's amazing. Or you've got the people leaving comments um, going, hey, I didn't know that about that guy or about that girl. Right. That's incredible. Right. So um, it's a little mixture of both. And uh, and with our church, even though we're a small church, we've got followers that don't even live in our city or our state, and they'll still leave comments and respond to this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so it does get tra- good, yeah, good, they, it good attention, great, good tra- great traction. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really good. That's good. I, I love it when we do that. And and to, to the point that your church should have some testimony, um, when you put start putting this on your social media, your, your church is actually feeling like it has some life to it. Um, when you agree that there's, it actually presents an element of like there's real spiritual life at this church. It's not just a building where people meet and talk. So I think that's pretty powerful. Um, number three, you say we should celebrate the success stories in your church when they happen. Yeah, this goes kind of goes along with what we were just talking about. This could be really anything from a baptism, um, obviously a salvation would be a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at our church, you know, a drug or alcohol-free anniversary is one that pops up a lot in our services. Um it could even be something like one of your, you know, attendees who's a businessman or a businesswoman who has some really cool, crazy thing happen um, with their business in town that was very God honoring or very ministry oriented. Um, That's a good one. Could be that prodigal who finally came home. You need to find ways as the communications person at your church to let those moments shine, not just to your congregation, but to the people on social media that are actually tracking you and following you. So that's going to mean taking pictures. If you've got the ability to shoot video, it's going to mean doing video. It's going to mean getting that media onto your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever you have, so that people can actually see it. This encourages your followers because just like with the testimonies, and like you said, it brings life, and it also glorifies God, and it does a little bit of ministry at the same time. 
Yeah, so good. So good. And, and when we say celebrate, we do mean celebrate. And as a small church, you need to be listening out for those, even talking to your people, your core people about something positive that's happened in their life that can be related to an answered prayer, um, related to, uh, like you said, their business, uh, or a son of theirs has come home, come, come back from, uh, his prodigal life may not even be coming to your church, but the, the family could testify to something God did there. Um, and if your church has been praying for that, all the, all the better. So we had a young girl just recently give testimony on Wednesday night of um, some very specific things she'd been praying for. Um, and almost in a sense of needing God to prove himself a little bit. And every one of them got answered by the end of the year. Um, which told her God was paying great attention to her prayer time and her and encouraged her, but then encouraged us as well. So um, that's a really good one, really strong. Uh, Number four, you say we should post encouraging quotes from the sermon throughout the week. Yeah, this is uh, really, really easy to do. Um, Always make sure that in terms of your lead pastor's sermons or anybody who's going to be preaching on Sunday, you find and pull out the shorter quotes that are encouraging and you can make graphics around them. If they're short enough, you can just post them by themselves on, especially on your, if your church has a Twitter account, this makes for great content for your Twitter. Um, But you can design your own custom graphics around those quotes. I do this all the time with the conclusion statements of your sermons. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you'll have like one sentence at the very end of your message notes that, you know, you want on the screen. And we used to call it your takeaway. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is the thing that, you know, if you don't remember anything else today about cap encapsulates the main. Yeah. If you don't remember anything else about the message, We want you to remember this. And a lot of times that takeaway is very encouraging or inspiring or motivating Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I would take, I usually, you know, would take that sentence, design some kind of graphic to go with it and stick it on there and then post it to social media. And that not only reminds people of the message throughout the week, you know, and if you're in the middle of a series, it's great because it circles back around. So you get that going. It also encourages them a little bit. I kind of call them like dropping little encouragement snacks along the way, and you can just scatter them across your social media trail, Mm -hmm. and they're going to follow them all the way back around to the next Sunday. Um, Well, that's so good, and it even even helps your people remember sort of the issues, (laughs) the point. Exactly. You know, the the spiritual direction your church and your pastor is wanting the, the church to go. Yep. Um, so it has a lot of benefit with that. It's very encouraging. And this last one you say, I was really hoping it'd be about getting grandma's crock pot bat, but it's not. The last one you say is that we need to post links to encouraging content, materials, and resources. Of course, there's a be careful when you do that, that you're not linking to something that you don't want your people to regularly follow. But, but still, um, post links to uh, encouraging content, materials, and resources. Well, obviously, if you're unsure about yeah. what to post, you should be going to your pastor first. <laughs> that would be part of your job description. Any good communications volunteer, director out there, please, mm-hmm. if you don't know that what you're posting in terms of a resource 
or a link to a resource or a website, whether or not that content holds up or is good, go to your pastor and ask yeah. him. And, and just so everybody knows, and Josh, you've said this before, but a lot of times some of the, if you search for something on Google, some of the earliest, um, some of the first things that come up on that are going to be related to uh, the Mormon church or Jehovah's Witnesses or other things. And they may look Christian in their beginning, but if you track it all the way through, it's not what you thought it was. Yeah, which so, is which is again why I give some specific very yeah. uh, examples here. Yeah, back to like you version, you're going to be pretty safe there. Yep. So absolutely, there's going to be there's resources in you version. There's things like reading plans. Um, you know, you, there's other Bible apps that are really good. Um, you know, there's other Bible websites that are really great. There's, um, some great articles out there. If your pastor mentions an article from the pulpit and it catches your ear, you should remember that, mm-hmm. ask him about it afterwards and then say, Hey, would you like me to drop the link to that onto the Facebook page, the Twitter page or what have you? Such a good idea. So that people can actually access it later. You know? And that helps the people track with content. The pastor himself has been tracking with for, exactly. for his studies which is really good because yeah. now you're getting a bunch of people on the same page. And that saves the pastor a little bit of time and effort um, because if, you know, if your pastor is anything like the one sitting across the table from me, easy now. he's not on Facebook that often anyway. So he's, he's going to love the fact that you came to him and said, Hey, I don't mind posting that for you. You just got to let me know if you, right. if you want it posted 1,000% true. And what it was or what it is, or is is there even a good reason for us to post it, or were you just making some illustration? You know, mm-hmm. I jotted it down while you were talking and, you know, while I was running slides or whatever. Mm-hmm. That'll get that out there for a wider audience. And if it's a link to something that's really, you know, encouraging, it reflects right back to all of this. Yeah, so those are some five great ways that people are encouraged Uh, through social media and we want to encourage you to encourage people through the social media to use it as a place to encourage and engage um, and not to not to just put up meaningless content there Um, it's really not for that josh has a number of really good um, podcasts on our current podcast series um, as well as some of his uh, jdgivens.com um, where you can see his blogs. Uh, it's all about social media. It's it's a world he's lived in for the last eight or ten years now that I can't even touch. Um, and I'm so encouraged that he's got so much experience in that. Um, we go out and train other churches how to do this. So if your church needs some help with that, um, let us know, and we'll come train you or some of your uh, folks in how to do that. He was meeting with a pastor this morning doing ver- this very thing. So we would love to help you. Uh, and in the meantime, Um, You guys know that we've got a conference coming up, March 9, 10, and 11, the dates of our conference, and um, Shepherd's Summit. It'll be here in Mobile, Alabama at uh, Northside Bible Church, where I am the lead pastor. Uh, We had it here last year. It was very encouraging. We've got two fantastic speakers uh, coming um, that are all in on helping small church pastors thrive and be strong, uh, care for themselves. We're going to talk about soul care. Uh, and we're going to talk about how your church can thrive. So we'd love for you to be a part of that with us. And uh, you can reach out to us. You'll see some opportunities to sign up for that real soon. Um, we, we're probably going to have a limited amount of people we're going to take to that. We don't like to have a whole lot of um, people at one time because it's, we lose the personal touch with that. So, um, But 
definitely sign up when you can. So thanks for listening. And uh, Josh, I'm going to let you sign off with our regular sign off. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found all the content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. I'm Josh. That's Stan, silent partner Mike. We'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Thanks for listening.